Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention... <laughs> along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin now. Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Well, hello there, and welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's my pleasure to be here with all of you today, and it's my real pleasure to introduce you to my guest. His name is Abhijit Ganguly. He's a socialpreneur, CEO of Upwards Magazine. He's a journalist and head of the support group for Transverse Myelitis in India. Abhijit is a celebrated journalist who is extensively published and based in Kolkata, India. He covers stories of the global art scene and the fusion arts movement with the culture and art of India. And his work includes personal interviews with world-renowned dance troops, film directors, fine artists, sculptors, as well as jazz, hip-hop, and classical musicians. His magazine is dedicated to inspiring journeys of people from all walks of life living all over the world. Now, each story he covers in his magazine focuses on people who are often against great odds. He inspires hope in others through their story or their journey. And just like Abhijit will with you today, his goal is that one person living in Kolkata can learn from those artists that he interviews. He's always thinking of others, and I think that's a real testament to who he is as a human being. Please welcome him to the show. Hi, Abhijit. How are you? Hi, hi. hi Frankie. I'm good. It's an honor to be on the radio show. It's my first interview. So oh, wow. I'm very well, excited. You're a very good interviewer, and I, you know, tomorrow I get to show the results of that, so I'm very excited <laughs> about that. But you have a beautiful magazine, and Upwards is, um, it really is, is really lovely and, and visually stunning. So tell us, how did you go about starting that magazine? What, what was the impetus for you? Okay, it's been like a, a long story, but I'll try to keep it as We got brief lots of time. Possible. Don't be brief. We got time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I did my master's in economics. So after that, uh, uh, then I had my this uh, transverse myelitis disease. But uh, then I got uh, a job in a business magazine. Uh-huh. So I was there for like four and a half years. But the, my passion has always been like, as you said, is to... Uh, write on social issues, art, culture, music, or, and especially to find those inspiring people. And I love to talk to people, inspiring people, uh, because I get kind of motivated from them. And I think each and everybody is inspiring. Only you have to just listen to them. So this always the passion was there. So I wasn't able to write on those uh, people or interesting topics or social issues or art and culture scene. So deep down, I was very depressed and kind of frustrated. So finally, I took a call. I said, let me plunge in and start my own uh, magazine. And that's the reason it started off. And that's the reason upwards. It's just basically uh, to find out unlimited possibilities and inspiring people. So, so that's up, how upwards is, is words that, that make you feel good. Is that where it comes from, upwards? Exactly, exactly. To look something positive, because it's too much negativity and violence in this world. So oh, I, I thought, so you know, agree with you, of, my friend. Yeah. And, uh, 
and I love, as I said, I love meeting people and God willing, I've been able to meet a lot of people, whoever have visited Kolkata artists and all. So whenever I used to interact with people, artists, I saw, I think the common aspirations or goals of people all around the world are the same. It's like people, some kind of stereotype, some section of people stereotype people, but otherwise it's all the same. We all go through the same kind of, uh, uh, we have the same aspirations or goals or thought process. Kind of. So that's why I try to bridge in through my magazine is my small way actually to it can be like somebody sitting in Canada can inspire somebody in India or us, us uh, likewise somebody in India can inspire somebody somewhere else. So well, you, you're inspiring me for sure. Um, <laughs> because you. I, No, you are because, you know, I look at that magazine and it reminds me very much of, of my other radio show, Mission Unstoppable, which is about people who are unstoppable in the world. And it's very much what your magazine is about, people who, who are, you know, trying to do good things in the world. And that's a really important thing. I mean, there's so much negativity in in the news. Uh, lots of journalists, you know, they think that they have to write about um, horrible things because that's what sells. But most of us are craving good things. We want to to know that good still exists in the world. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And do you find like your readership is going up as as the bad news goes up? Uh, yeah, I think uh, kind of, and I think that's the thing, key point. Like whenever whoever I've shared this magazine, they have all appreciated that, uh, irrespective of which country or place. And uh, they said it's something positive, and they really, uh, really found something inspiring from there. And that's the biggest takeaway for me, actually. And I think that's what my goal is, my small way, if I can inspire anybody or. Uh, anywhere, I think that will be my biggest achievement and kind of it's, it's more than that, that, these comments really make me feel good Like any, uh, so people when they read the magazine and they said it's a very positive magazine and I, I think that's that, that's the takeaway for me it's like I feel after hard days work and all these efforts I really something to really cherish me uh, it's, it's, it's something to really I feel good from inside so how do you find all these people that you feature in your magazine? Uh, it's very tough, uh, but I do, I think somewhere down the line, some, how do I say, some 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 kind of power, actually, uh, I, uh, God, whoever sure. helps me to kind of show. I think there is some, somewhere up there, uh, and I always believe if you have a, like, a, uh, if you think positive or if you want to do something, I think somewhere down the line, some kind of power, ex- you, it's very difficult to explain those things, but it works out. And then I've met some really great friends, like, for instance, Alex, who in, in, introduced you to me, mm-hmm. or some, like, uh, another friend of mine, Tammy Collins, Marky, she's she's also helped me a lot of work. Uh, I, I, through her, I came to know the Afro-American community and their thing, so that was a very interesting for me, their other friends. I think it's a, like this friendship, and that's how the relationship builds from one person to one person. And, right. that's how Word I, and that's how I came to know you, and that's another thing. Right. But you have, you had, like, um, Bailing on the cover of your magazine. Like, yeah, you got yeah. very famous people. How are you finding yeah. those people? Yeah, Bailing, Bailing was here, like, a couple of years back. We in Kolkata, we have this international film festival, mm-hmm. and she was one of the special guests out there. So I, it's a strange way I met her, because I was in this very posh, great uh, five-star hotel, Mm-hmm. And I was there to interview somebody else. And I suddenly saw Bailing coming in with, with a group of people. So and I, uh, and I was actually waiting for the other person to get I, whom I was supposed to interview. 
So I would just throw and I just walked up with all my courage and I said to Bali, I introduced, <laughs> my, I introduced myself and yeah. she was very nice and she straight away said, yeah, sure. But she, so we had a like informal, like 10, 15 minutes, small discussion. Then uh, we followed uh, character email later on. And I think despite her long, uh, all the busy schedule, she has responded like, and she nice. was very nice. And, and, and she has also some kind of positivity and coming from China and that kind of regime and then she making it to Hollywood, it's another, that's a really a story. That's what I tried to focus on my, uh, when I did the interview. Thing. Do you have any, any um, interviews, famous interviews or interviews for you that stand out the most, that really uh, impressed you or, or made, kind made of you like, want to change? Say, see, for me, it's not the famous, it's more of the people who are doing uh, extraordinary work in their own way. So yeah. for instance, I, I did a story of uh, a girl from, uh, a lady from Afghanistan. She's a football mm -hmm. coach. And oh, that's wow. Inspiring, inspiring for me. Some uh, lady, uh, so, uh, because uh, Afghanistan, for instance, has this very stereotype, uh, kind of uh, very uh, complicated uh, um, for a woman, especially. And that's true. So wait, she's a, she's a football coach for men or women? Uh, for women, women. And she oh, for women. Really, okay. Yeah, so that was another some interview I really cherish. Then I did an interview of another. Uh, wait, wait, wait! When you say football, you mean soccer, right? Soccer, right, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Kind of. So yeah, soccer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's and that's interesting. And you see girls wearing hijab and playing soccer. It's right. It's yeah, something it's really gives you positivity. Then yeah. I, I another lady from Afghanistan also. She she's a photographer. And she's going to doing, uh, taking pictures and all. Then it's amazing, kind of. And for instance, this issue, I uh, this I have a like a uh, uh, is a person called Big Herc. He was uh, in, he was uh, he was in the prison for many years. Then he came back and became a motivation speaker. So these are like small, whichever kind of they're doing some. And you you two are also very inspiring. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not like that, but that. No, I, I do agree with the kind of artwork you do with animals thing. This is something really something has to be uh, appreciated. This. Thank you very much. Very I appreciate mm -hmm. that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean it's interesting when when you interview people because you you learn so much from from everybody, and um, I'm always really appreciative when I get to meet new people like yourself and and they agree to you know just talk about their life and like you've done a lot in your life and you're still very young like you're what 24 oh <laughs> uh, no i'm still i'm in the 30s oh you're 30 now but... okay but that's very young still to to <laughs> have a magazine and a magazine that is really you know working for you um do you have sponsors and advertisers and yeah, that's tough because in India, yeah. that's, that's the concept of online magazine is something. It's 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 a it's it's challenging because it's yeah. still yeah, that thing is not there. That uh, the environment is not there for online. It's very difficult. Even big publication houses they struggle. So for me, it's an individual effort. It takes a more even more challenge. But hopefully, if things work out, if uh, if people appreciate, I think. Somewhere uh, that's one of my hopes. Some kind of revenue can be yeah, generated. Yeah. Something to because I have a, a very good. I, I should mention this. Uh, this is uh, uh, the graphic. What you see is done by a friend of mine. He he does it everything for free and uh, he's uh, oh, his wow. name is Ravi. Ravi. So I should Ravi. mention his name. Yes. So, yes. So he does a wonderful like a, job. He's, he's like this uh, pillar of this whole magazine, like a backbone. Because 
I can write, but to make it visually presented well, he's the one who does well, it. So, Ravi, you're very to... talented if you're listening. <laughs> and I thank <laughs> so, you for the changes you made for me. Yeah. yeah wow. So any kind okay. of revenue yeah, would be very useful for him, so I can give him something also to take. To kind nice. of, uh, just a token kind of. We're going to go to our first commercial break, Abhijit, but when we come back, sure. we're going to talk about your transverse myelitis. How's that? Yes, yeah, sure. Does that work? Yeah, okay, sure. great. That's... Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Abhijit Ganguly. No, we're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. You're like me. Sometimes you have trouble choosing between being a couch potato or going out. Hey, it's a big decision for us scabberlatchers. A scabberlatcher or a ragabash is another word for a lazy person. Well, a couple from California seems to have solved the problem by inventing a motorized sofa. You may think they're just spinning their wheels, but people have spotted the couple cruising down the street on their drivable Davenport in West Los Angeles and Santa Monica. No word yet on the couple's identity, but a man claiming to be a relative said it's all well within the norm for his fun-loving cousin. I don't know if this Chesterfield on wheels is street legal, but either way, I think the police would have to put up quite a chase before they could couch him. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's words you never heard. Did you know there are over 50,000 shopping malls in the United States alone? Ever wonder why shopping malls don't carpet their hallways? Mall owners have figured out that women will snap up more merchandise if they hear their heels clicking on a hard, polished surface. Not sure if there's any real science to back that up. What's a word for a person who is a compulsive shopper? An oniomaniac. Malls don't offer too many places to sit down, because when you're sitting, you're not spending money or coopity-coop. The average mall goer shops for about 80 minutes and spends roughly $75 each visit. My husband turns into a grumbler or a quaddler when I drag him to the mall. He warned me if I don't quit shopping so much, he would leave me. Lord, I'm going to miss that man. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. You're listening to Frankie Sense and More. I am your host, Frankie Picasso. My guest today is Abhijit Ganguly. And we, I said that when we came back, we were going to talk about the transverse myelitis and what you know he has, he has suffered with and what he has done to alleviate and to help other people. And we have a caller. Tammy is with us. Tammy, welcome. Hi. Thank you so very much. How are you, you doing have, today? We're doing fantastic. Thank you so much. Where are you yes, calling from? Yes. I am calling from Houston, Texas, and I just want to say to our Abhijit Ganguly, I'm actually calling in to give, give my absolute support and commendations and praise for the groundbreaking work that he's doing to address uh, the tragic, disempowering conditions that has immobilized the lives of so many people. And may right. God continue to um, grant you the wisdom and the wherewithal and the power to uh, revive um, their sufferings and distress and to re-energize so many lives of the activity that you're doing and keep empowering people with purpose. 
to the glory of God. That's beautiful. Thank you so very much. Abhijit, did you want to say something to Tammy? Yeah, very much, very much. Hi, Tammy. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hi. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing so, Frankie, as I said, uh, when I run this magazine, you said, uh, how do you find people and how do mm-hmm. you carry on? I said, there's something kind of power sent by God. I think Tammy is one of those powers. Yes, actually, yes. Which actually drives me through. And uh, she has introduced to me some really inspiring people. And I get, as I said, I got to know the Afro-American community through, through her. And it's amazing. And, um, I, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart, Tammy, and whatever you do for me. And uh, I think upwards, uh, you have taken upwards to a second, different level. And I thank you. Uh, nothing would have been possible without your help. That's awesome. Well, glory be to God, and thank you for all that you're doing in countless people's lives around the world. It's such a pleasure to be the brand ambassador for Upwards Magazine. You're awesome. I love it. And I'm looking <laughs> forward to see Tammy in Kolkata. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> But thank you, and you all have a great day. You too, Tammy. Thanks so much for calling. Bye-bye. 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 That's wonderful. Um, Let's let's tell a little bit about your story, about what Transverse My Light is is and how it presents itself and why it's so tragic. Right, sure. So so basically, I'll try to say it in a layman's term. Uh, So Transverse My Light is, is basically... Uh, a, a rare neuroimmune disorder. So what happens? Your spinal cord gets inflammated mm-hmm. uh, due to uh, it's unknown idiopathic. They say it because they don't know what is the cause. Mm-hmm. It can be a virus uh, thing. So what happens? Uh, the, we have this insulating uh, fiber over our nerve cell, which is called the myelin, which get mm-hmm. destroyed due to mm-hmm. this uh, inflammation, and as a result, your spinal cord is not able to send those messages throughout your body uh, so that's how it, so which actually leads to spasticity or weakness and most cases paralysis uh, like quadriplegic uh, thing wow so and yeah, it causes so, a lot of pain yeah uh, yeah chronic pain exactly exactly so uh, that's another thing so for me i was just in my first year of college and uh, i was very young as you said uh, so I, I, it was one fine day. I just returned from college and I was just watching a soccer again, soccer match on TV. Mm-hmm. So suddenly I started getting back pains on my shoulder. Uh, initially, I thought some I might some kind of pull or something happened. So I rubbed those. We get these like bombs. We sure. rub it on your. So that's how like it tiger is. Bomb it or something. Exactly, exactly. So, but what happened after a couple of hours? I realized it was increasing, and uh, I couldn't sit properly. So I just laid down on the bed, and it was night time. So I skipped my dinner because it, the pain was increasing like anything. Mm-hmm. So eventually, when I, as I, as I lay down on the bed, uh, it it would have been cross midnight, and suddenly these I started to. Uh, realized that I lost my senses in my hands and legs. Wow, uh, that must have been so up. scary. Yeah, and I and tell I tell you the first thing which came to my mind I was going to die. That's what yeah, it of was. Yeah, of course. Like, I, I suppose, yeah. It, it's suppose like somebody's taking the whole uh, inside Everything of your body. The, you. Exactly. So wow. that's why. So 
I couldn't obviously for that I couldn't sleep in the whole night. So uh, next day morning, it was Sunday morning, and uh, we called my family physician came down and he saw it and he couldn't figure it out. So I was admitted in a uh, school uh, hospital. I I studied in a missionary school, so they had a hospital too. So I was there. So so eventually one doctor came and they did MRI and everything. And being a Sunday, most of the diagnostic centers are closed in India, so mm-hmm. my place. But uh, the doctor was very kind enough. He called the diagnostic center and said a young boy uh, needs an MRI immediately. So for me that day on the Sunday it was open just to have my MRI done. So I think again God works in mysterious way. So uh, that was done, and uh, then next day MRI was done. Then I was diagnosed with this. So basically there is no cure for this as of today. Uh, it's so why they usually do give steroids and see the reaction of the body and the so that's how it is so so what I was wrapped with was like I have a little limpness in my right leg so I literally drag when I walk mm-hmm. and I have bowel issues which is a very difficult uh, challenging thing also mentally sure. so and uh, I do have nerve pains and spasms and uh, yeah these are the weakness so these are the things I have to live by but. As as I said, as of today, there is no cure, unfortunately. Uh, so I have to. And again, uh, so then, how did you how did it, how did you get the use of your body back? Was it the steroids? Did you have exactly, to exercise? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, physiotherapy is very important in that case. But I should, I wish I would, I would have done more physiotherapy, but I didn't do much. But again, thing has I'm much better in the sense, and that's how it is. So wow. initial days, I was so frustrated and depressed because this is a disease nobody used to talk to, and unfortunately, right. doctors and doctors were not kind of. Doc- Let's see, living in India is a different story altogether. Yeah. So whenever the doctors never said much, and how many people to- does it affect? Uh, in India, everywhere the world, like uh, how many people like it? In a million people, how many would get it? Uh, it's very rare, I would say. It's very difficult for me to say, but. Uh, uh, it's but it's very rare in that sense, unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah, kind yeah. of. So um, yeah. So then what happened? Uh, so uh, the doctors, I used to ask the doctors a lot of questions. So mm-hmm. they used to get very irritated, kind of. So uh, eventually, as what I I had only one option to Google it. So yeah. once I started googling Doctor Google, yeah. Doctor Google, then I came uh, about this transverse myelitis association which is based in US. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, uh, again, took all my courage and sent a mail. And, and I thought there won't be any response. So, but on, next day I just get a response from them. And that's how I got introduced to transverse myelitis. And I, I would let all the audience know about this amazing work they do. And it's run by uh, called, uh, Sandy Siegel and his wife, Pauline Siegel. And uh, Pauline actually had transverse myelitis, and that's how Sandy started this support, uh, this association. It's a non-profit organization, and they they advocate about transverse myelitis. So unfortunately, Pauline passed away this year, but they are doing. They Sandy does amazing work in this field. So I, I then eventually uh, when I started reading about uh, this association and this work, I came to know about the different support group in various parts of the world mm-hmm. and this concept of support group doesn't exist in India as such so I said uh, let me start one because I, I don't want somebody to go through the same what I went through mm-hmm. at least some they know have they come they have somebody to talk to or speak to 
because I never had somebody to speak to what is about this disease. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's how, how many people belong to your support group now? So I, we have around uh, 30, around 30. So that's a lot of people. You, yeah, and if you see the Indian population, it's really less kind of, uh, it's rare kind of. And then a lot of people don't have internet access and everything, sure. so it's very difficult to get uh, hold. But so far, I have around the 30 uh, people, uh, around 30 uh, things. So you were telling me off break that you came to the United States to a camp? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think so far, like, upwards is something special, obviously. But another thing which really I cherish all through my life is uh, uh-huh. this trip. Uh, it was... It was in uh, in 2016, and uh, uh, so I went um, uh, to uh, Ohio because the Transverse Manatee Association Sandy is based out of Ohio. Uh, so I was there, and uh, then they had a camp in uh, Kentucky. It's called it's run it's called Center for Courageous Kids. It's basically all the inspiring uh, kids and all. So there was for the Transverse Manatees, they have a camp, and that's a summer camp. So I never had this concept of summer camp, all these things, because right. I come from a different background and different financial st- setup. So uh, it's, I never had these things. So it was an amazing experience for me. And uh, I was pampered like anything with the food and all different kinds of... Ex- it was a memorable event. And, and I, I'm a music buff. I love music a lot. And uh-huh. uh, Sandy took me to the rock and, uh, rock and roll oh, hall. Rock and roll hall of fame, yeah. Land. So that is something I'll always cherish, kind of. So uh-huh, these are amazing nice. experiences I had, and I got to know a lot about the American culture and everything. It's an amazing, beautiful place, and hopefully one day I get to visit uh, one day. But because I'm, I would love to because it's, it was a, it was like a dream come true for me. It's like yeah. amazing. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. And really quickly, tell us we're going to go to a break in two minutes. Um, how did you? How did you meet? Uh, Tammy. Okay, Tammy was uh, through another common friend. Uh, like uh, he's called Tony uh, T- Tony Taylor. He's, uh, he's into fashion. More he's a brand, uh, he's into oh, modeling. Tony's friend. Uh, okay. Yes. So that's how I uh, came to know about uh, Tammy, and she's been a very good support uh, since the day I know her. And that's that's she has been very amazing. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's really nice. Well. Yeah. You know, I think it's I think it's a real testament when we listen to you and we know that you're in pain and we know that this is a debilitating disease that you have. Um, and do you have to take steroids every day? Uh, not really, because uh, as I said, there is no cure as such. So uh, initially, the steroids is given, but it depends people to people. But uh, I uh, because usually what the doctors usually gives you medicines for like tablets for your nerve pains and all those things but i try to not to get addicted to medicine because then it's a diff- you get too much addicted to medicine but i try to control myself for the pains and everything and if it's too much pain i just uh, close my eyes and just as i said i just look up to god and say uh, give me the power to carry on. That's Aww. how it is. Well, you so don't, don't sound. Know, you sound amazing. I don't amazing. know what will happen tomorrow, but uh, just, as of today, I just just uh, again I said some mysterious power up, from upside just carries me on. I, I just love how positive you sound, and you know you're not complaining about anything. You just you're just keeping positive focus, and that's that's really a real testament. We're going to go to our break right now. Just warmed up. Frankie Sense and more. We'll be right back after we pay the bills. Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. 
don't be a lachrymis and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer, and most of all, be honest. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Harvard Medical School indicates that the most effective method for losing weight is to cut back on your consumption of calories while bumping up your activity level. They use the example of eating a candy bar which takes a mere minute or two. But most people would have to walk for over 40 minutes to burn those calories. Remember that 3,500 calories equals one pound of fat. Reducing your daily calorie intake by 500 calories and working out is a sure way to drop weight and increase health benefits. They state that you will shed approximately one pound of fat for every 35 miles you walk assuming that your food intake and activities stay the same. That is encouraging news and very doable. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. It's Frankie Stenson Moore. I am your host, Frankie Picasso, and my guest today has been Abhijit Ganguly. It is midnight in Kolkata, and we are going to say a, a hearty and, and healthy goodbye. And we hope that you keep you keep putting out a beautiful magazine. And I just pray that you know your your transverse myelitis goes into some kind of a remission or goes away, and God is good to you. So <laughs> that would be wonderful. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Friends. Thank you, Frankie. I just want to say a couple of things before I go. Sure. And uh, firstly, thank thanks a lot again from bottom of my heart. This is like my first radio interview. So I'm like, it's something I'll always cherish all through my life. And then thank you for being such a great friend also. And um, and, and hopefully whoever listening to this, uh, do support Upwards. And if whenever you go through it, do feel free to write to me and... Uh, any kind word of encouragement will be really, uh, it will really help me a lot, uh, kind of, to carry forward. And lastly, to all my TM friends, as transverse minorities, um, I mean, uh, all the friends all over the world who are listening. And uh, thank you for being there always as a family. And it's uh, it's it's a pleasure to be here on this uh, radio show. It's, and it's a nice way to reach everybody. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful. That's a beautiful goodbye and a beautiful sentiment. And if you are having, if you do suffer with transverse myelitis, please uh, reach out. Reach out to Abhijit. He would love to hear from you. If you have a positive story, reach out to him too. You can find them on Facebook at Upwards. Thanks, and we'll talk to you soon. Take okay, care. Take care. Bye. Bye, Brent. Bye. Bye. And with us, it's the end of the month, so it must be Brent Marchand. It's his time to talk about our movie reviews. Welcome back, Brent. It's been a bit of a, well, bit thank of a you. while. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you so much. It's always great to be here. Yeah, and we love having you here. So what is on our agenda today? 
Well, as you know, we're in the midst of uh, movie award season now, so a lot of the uh, uh, releases that the studios and distributors are very high on as far as uh, contenders for recognition mm -hmm. are beginning to get released. And uh, starting in November, we had about four or five of them have come out, and those are the ones I want to talk about today. Great. All right. So, what's first on your list? Lady Bird first, or who's on your yeah, list? Yeah, yeah, Lady Bird is first. Lady Bird is a it's a, it, a kind of a quirky comedy from um, writer, director, actress Greta Gerwig, who's known mm -hmm. for working on movies like uh, uh, she's done quite a few movies with director Noah Baumbach. Yeah, and she often features characters that are a little bit off kilter, mm -hmm. <laughs> not quite <laughs> sure who they are, what they want to achieve. Um, for better or worse, yeah. and uh, this this offering is her first uh, stab in a, in a major um, release as a director, um, where she tells the story of a character named Lady Bird who's in high school, uh, senior, and she's uh, trying to discover herself, and it's um, uh, rather difficult because she goes to a Catholic high school, which is rather a restrictive environment in some ways, and she's naturally kind of uh, quirky in terms of her outlook on life and the things that she does. Um, she also has great aspirations to um, achieve something with her life, and that's, again, a little difficult given the fact that she comes from a working-class background with um, family that's you know experiencing financial difficulties and things like that. Uh, and she lives in Sacramento, which is not exactly the world's greatest cultural hotspot. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, she has a lot of things that she's she's struggling against in terms of trying to find herself and trying to be herself. Um, but she does a, a you know a very determined job to carry forth with it. Um, the film stars uh, Saoirse Ronan, who was uh, an Oscar nomination, an Oscar nominee for the movies. Atonement and Brooklyn. Yeah, um, I love her. She's good. She's she's uh, the one thing I was a little bothered by is she seems to be a little bit old to be playing a high school student. I mean, yeah, twenty three. You know, I mean, I know that I know that happens a lot within movies, but in this case, it's uh, kind of a little bit obvious that you know she's really reaching the 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 the. the far end of being able to do characters who were still, you know, allegedly adolescents. So. Well, it's funny because in Brooklyn, I thought she was too young. Almost yeah, right. exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and her mother is played by uh, veteran TV sitcom uh, actress Lori Metcalf, who is just earning raves from critics for her performance. She's a, a very strong contender for uh, some of the award season accolades. In fact, she just was recently announced... Um, the Best Supporting Actress winner of the award from the National Board of Review, which is about as best as you can get in terms of um, accolades from film, critic film criticism. So um, in any case, um, it's, it's a quirky little film. Um, it's, uh, it's also earned the distinction of being the highest ever um, positively reviewed film on Rotten Tomatoes of all time. Wow. So that, that's quite, an, accomp that's quite yeah. an accomplishment. So, you know. Um, but the uh, it's uh, it's it's fun. It's it's quirky. It's uh, it's got a lot of unexpected humor in it. Um, I I don't know that it's necessarily terribly terribly original, given you know some of the other work that Greta Gerwig has done. But it's still you know a fun movie. I think people will enjoy it, especially if they uh, you know if they have people in their family who are you know adolescents trying to come of age and find themselves. Love it! I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I want to see it. And she, she was Lori was on Roseanne, wasn't she? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She played okay. Rosanne's That's sister. who she was. That's right. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she really doesn't do very much movie work. She's done a lot of TV work, and actually most of the movie work that she's done over the years has been like uh, voiceovers for animated films. Right. Yeah, she so, does so, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, her, her time in front of the camera on the big screen has really been pretty limited. So for her to, uh, you know, take this role and run with it and earn the praise that she's she's done is really quite an accomplishment. So Very good. I wish her well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. You know what? It's nice when people, you know, it, it seems like sometimes it's an overnight success and she's in her 50s and, and she'll probably get some big recognition you know, a big burst of it again. And mm-hmm. it's kind of cool when you, when you hit that age and you become a star again, right? It's like a well, second. Well, exactly. Especially when, <laughs> yeah, especially when it comes to movies, because I mean, a lot of times when actresses start getting over 40, the, the roles start becoming a lot fewer and further between. Exactly. Um, you know, and, um, She's somebody who I've always wanted to see do more big screen work. So, you know, if the uh, if the accolades pan out with this, yeah, there's a good chance that we might end up seeing her on the screen more than we have, which I think is a good thing because, um, you know, not that her TV work has been has been bad, but, um, you know, I think that she's capable of doing uh, a lot more than she has with movies up to this point. And, you know, this might very well be the springboard that helps to make that possible. Yeah. Amazing, good stuff. Okay, so who else have we got coming up? So at at the at the opposite end of the spectrum from the the quirkiness and, and laughs of Lady Bird, uh, we have a, a much more serious film uh, called Last Flag Flying. Yeah, which tells which is a powerful and moving picture. I really really love this picture a lot. Um, it tells the story of a Vietnam veteran played by Steve Carell who loses his son in the war in Iraq in 2003. Um. And um, it's, he's, he's doing the best he can to cope with the circumstances, but given the fact that he also had just lost his wife earlier in the same year, he has really no support network in place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to help him get through this. So he ends up um, reaching out and making contact with a couple of uh, old war buddies who he had been involved with when he was in Vietnam, played by um, Brian Cranston and Lawrence Fishburne. Who I and, love both of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these guys the, are awesome. Oh, the, th- the three performances in this film are just awesome. And the chemistry between the three is equally awesome. It's almost like there's a fourth character, fourth wow. lead character. Um, whoever did the casting on the film should get an award just for what they did with that. Um so in any event, he uh, he makes contact with these guys who he hasn't seen in, in literally in almost 30 years to say, can you, you know, accompany me on the journey to help me bury my boy? Yeah. And it's a, a film that really spans a huge range of emotions because you have this this reunion taking place after all these years where you see a lot of uh, old issues coming up that maybe hadn't been resolved previously. Um, you see a lot of a lot of laughs from the fact that you see these uh, three old buddies getting back together for the first time in a while, kind of yeah. reliving their wild youth. But then you also have the the utter um, pathos and sadness associated with the, the tragedy that Steve Carell's character is going through with having lost his son. 
Um, it, and it raises some questions for him in terms of um, the service that he had given in Vietnam yeah. years before, and, and was it really worth it? Was he just being naive, or was he doing something noble? And and you know, it just it, it raises a, it brings some some old ghosts to the surface for him to have to address. So um, it's also interesting in the fact that um, Lawrence Fishburne's character who used to be, you know, one of these wild party animal types uh, that, you know, Brian Cranston and Steve Carell were like, he's now become a minister. Oh, wow. (laughs) He's a man of the cloth, and he's sort of struggling with trying to maintain a certain degree of composure under the circumstances (laughs) and and in in line with his his new calling, and yet at the same time, with the drop of a hat, this old wild man comes rushing forth and doesn't hesitate to swear like a sailor and so forth when the lead arises for it. So. That's funny. That's hilarious. Um, so did, they, yeah. did they look at the war like, you know, Vietnam and, and Afghanistan are kind of like two wars that maybe we shouldn't have been in? Or like, do they look yeah, at that, that viewpoint? Yeah, they, defi- they definitely do. And the, and the other thing, too, is that um, with, with the Iraq war, you had the added uh, dimension of the fact that uh, the administration uh, prevented the public generally from seeing the remains of soldiers being returned to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So it was unlike Vietnam, where you had this sort of open and unrestricted media coverage of the event. Mm-hmm. Now there was a much stronger attempt on the part of the government to to manage the story, to manage the news, to try and downplay just exactly what was going on. And that's uh, something that... Um, the veterans have to wrestle with because they were like, you know, well, I mean, what were we fighting for in Vietnam and what are we fighting for in Iraq now? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if if for nothing else than to try and protect the the principles like freedom of the press and freedom of the expression that we supposedly claim we hold so dear. Yeah, yeah, so that, good point. Yeah, good yeah, point. So that yeah. really that really raises that raise really raises some serious soul searching questions for the characters. And I'm wondering if they um, if they addressed the soldiers coming home and how they've been treated from both wars, as in terms of um, you know getting uh, you know from PTSD yes. to getting any kind of how nothing lower. No, they don't. No, they don't really get into that too much. Um, okay. The uh, the one thing that they do get into is um, there's a the, the oh, three veterans. Here. We're going to go to we're going to go to a break oh. right now. We got a commercial. Okay, we'll be right back. He'll tell us that. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's words you never heard. Which U.S. state would you guess has the fastest talkers? Recent research by analytics company MarchX revealed that the nation's fastest talkers come from Oregon, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Kansas, and Iowa. What about New York, you ask? New York ranked near the bottom at 38, but New Yorkers do use more words. A New Yorker will use 62% more words than someone from Iowa who have the same basic conversation. What's another word for fast-talking? Kakilaya. America's slow-spoken or tardiloquent talkers were from North Carolina, Alabama, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Mississippi. What's a word for someone who likes to say the same thing over and over? A batologist. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Eating meatless meals is gaining more and more popularity. You don't have to vow to be a vegetarian either. Vegetarians eat only plant-based foods, and they generally eat fewer calories and less fat. They weigh less and have lower cholesterol levels than do non-vegetarians. They follow a diet which emphasizes fruits and vegetables, grains, beans and legumes, and nuts. It's rich in fiber, vitamins, and other nutrients. If being a vegetarian is not for you, do what I do and incorporate vegetarian habits into your life. Every week, I serve two to three meatless meals at home to my family. A National Cancer Institute study found that those who ate four ounces of red meat or more daily were 30% more likely to die of any cause over 10 years than those who consumed less. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. And we're back. It's Frankie Sensenmore. I am your host, Frankie Picasso, and I am speaking to our resident TGRN movie correspondent, Brent Marchant. And he's been reviewing, uh, we've been talking about which one are the flag? Which one? Oh, last flag flying. <laughs> last flag flying. And when we went to break, we were talking about, you know, did they address any of these social issues, you know, soldiers coming home? And you said that there is a young soldier who is who is um, an escort to the three. And you can carry yeah, on. So he's, he's a, yeah, he's assigned to work with the veterans when, and in terms of, um, you know, helping out with anything they need uh, as Steve Carell takes his uh, son home to be buried. <laughs> and you see the contrast between – um, veterans who have, you know, had a chance now to kind of have their eyes open, seeing mm-hmm. the experiences that they went through and the experiences that are now going on with the younger soldiers versus this young, still somewhat idealistic soldier who believes in service and duty and so forth. And um, he's kind of get, getting an education and getting his eyes opened as well. So that that aspect of the story um really, I think, is significant because, um, you know, when when this war began, a lot of people just automatically signed up saying, yeah, I want to go and do my duty. Well, are you sure you want to? I mean, yeah. considering considering what, you, what you're up against and considering what the country had done once before, you know, years earlier in another conflict in a different situation. So, um but this was this was really a terrific movie. I'm I'm not a terribly huge fan of the director Richard Lankletter. Um, mm-hmm. He made the movie Boyhood a few years ago, which I thought was kind of overrated. But um, he's really knocked it out of the park with this. Oh uh, yeah, that was that movie. one that took 13 years of the the kid yeah. growing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is he related yeah. to Art Lankletter? I don't believe so. No. Okay. Um, but the. Um, but this time he's—he, I think he's come up with a winner this time, and I really hope to see that this film gets, uh, you know, more recognition as, as I'm sure we well, go through Everybody loves season. those three guys. Come on, Cranston, yeah. Nickel. I mean, it's almost kind of hard. It, it's almost kind of hard to pick who would you nominate among the three because they're all equally good. Yeah. You know? Wow. Which, which, you know, that can have an, uh, a, a, an effect sometimes of um, people canceling one another out when it comes yeah. to awards nominations. So. Yeah. But well, um, let's hope not. But I do recommend it. Yeah, <laughs> three billboards. Wow, this is a really wild one. I uh, this love is... Frances. Yeah, she's like my favorite. Yeah, she's really terrific in this. Um, this film tells the story of a mother who lost her daughter as a result of a, a brutal um, murder and rape at the time she was uh, in her late teens, 
and um, she lives in a small town in Missouri, and she's been very patient with the local authorities in terms of them coming up with trying to find you know a suspect for for solving the crime, but there seems to be no progress on it. And as someone who really is getting kind of tired of waiting and who has an extremely headstrong personality, she decides to take matters into her own hands by posting a message on three uh, long-abandoned billboards that are on uh, the outskirts of town where she directs a very pointed message to the local sheriff saying, basically, why aren't you doing your job? And it's a situation that she believes is significant to help turn up the heat on the authorities to get them to do their job, but this being a small town in, in you know the Bible Belt, uh, there's a lot of people who still are very much tied to the idea of you support authorities regardless, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, how dare you attack them like this? So it creates a real situation for her in terms of sort of becoming you know a local pariah for the things that she said through these billboards, um, and it, it basically. Um, uh, the film follows the story of the investigation once it uh, gets heated up after these billboards have been posted. And it really introduces some very interesting characters. I mean, you have Frances McDormand's character, who is, uh, this, like I say, she's this very headstrong single mother who swears like a sailor. Yeah. Uh, and you, you've got the, the sheriff, who's played by Woody Harrelson, uh, who's someone who's he's, um, really... Uh, trying to do his best, but he's coming up against you know um, a lot of a lot of dry dry spots in terms of the evidence, uh, and he's also wrestling with personal issues of his own, uh, and he's also got a rather hot-headed uh, deputy he's working with, played by Sam Rockwell, uh, who is um, you know kind of a, a good old boy who is prone to often taking matters into his own hands, regardless of whether or not he's behaving legally or not <laughs> so it, yeah yeah so it's a really interesting mix of characters um and uh the the movie has a lot of really very what i would call shocking humor in it i mean these there are things that take place that you just don't see coming or where you end up saying to yourself i can't believe the characters went there with this yeah but, yeah you know yeah. they do well, anyway you know what? look at fargo right i mean you... <laughs> exactly yeah exactly <laughs> Um, and it's a movie that, that takes a lot of chances, which I really appreciate because so many movies these days, to me, kind of play it too safe. Yeah, I agree. And this one is not afraid to, you know, go the extra mile and do something that's really going to shock you as an audience member saying, oh, my God, I don't believe that just happened. Um, it um, has a mixture of uh, humor, and it does get rather serious. It tends to get more serious as the movie progresses. But I still really recommend it very highly. It's one of the best releases to come out all, so, uh, all, all during all of 2017, and um, I think it's going to get some some recognition come uh, awards time as well. Wow! Well, there's three great movies already. If you're heading to yeah. the uh, theaters this weekend, hopefully that you've got them in your hometown. I've got them in my hometown. <laughs> and We're the the, the fourth. The fourth offering I have today is is a Swedish film called The Square, which was the winner of the top honors at this year's Cannes Film Festival and is just now being released domestically. Uh, It tells the story of a um, uh, the curator of a contemporary art museum in Stockholm, 
who um, likes to stage exhibits that have uh, I'll get his um, museum visitors to think in terms of you know the messages mm-hmm. that the art is trying to convey. Um, and you know, as a result of his job, he's become also very successful. He's you know enjoys all the trappings of success. Um, but the question for him becomes, you know, can he maintain his uh, his, uh, his proper balance between um, saying what he does and acting what he and, and his actions? Um, does he really live up to the ideals that he supposedly espouses his art exhibits are trying to portray? Um, that gets put to the test when he becomes the victim of a pickpocket incident in which his wallet and cell phone are stolen. Oh. Um, at, that, at that point, um, it, it's almost as if everything else for him stops while he's trying to figure out how to retrieve these items. And as a result, he ends up starting to kind of shirk his responsibilities toward his job, and that leads to all kinds of complications. Uh, the question is, is, what's more important at this point? Mm-hmm. making sure that he's living up to his obligations for staging exhibits to get people to think through art or, you know, getting back his toys that he's lost as a result of a pickpocket incident. Well, uh, Elizabeth Moss is, stars in this movie, and I love her. And if you anybody's been watching, you know, the um, – what is it? <laughs> oh, geez. The Handmaiden's Tale, like, you'll have fallen in love with her again, too. And she obviously she was on um, – uh, oh, what is it? What's that? What's the, what's the, the 60s remake show? Um, oh, forget it. Okay, I'm pretty <laughs> dead. Sorry, audience. <laughs> but anyway, she wasn't handy. Well, she, I just adore her. So, what does she play in this? Well, she, she, she ends up playing a very unusual character here. She plays an American journalist who who develops a, a romantic interest in, in the, the museum curator. Oh. Uh, only as she does so, before you know it, her her rantings almost begin to become a little bit irrational because it's almost as if she's viewing their potential romance through the lens of um, a social cause. You know, is, ah. is this really is this really a relationship, or is this like uh, some kind of expression of of um, non sexual exploitation in a in a male female relationship? I mean, I mean, and he's sort of left baffled, saying, "You know, I thought we were just having a good time here." You know? Yeah, yeah. So. It, was, it was bad men, everybody. I, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> she, she was a bad man. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's crazy to so, look, at, look at it that way. Oh. Yeah. So, so the thing is, 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 is he gets more and more caught up with this idea of trying to retrieve his possessions and so forth. Oh my gosh. He he ends up increasingly being caught up in all kinds of situations that start going awry. And then he has to figure out his way out of those circumstances. So it kind of spirals and snowballs. And really what it's doing is it's getting him to kind of wake up and smell the coffee and say, do you really, you know, do you really embody the things that you say that you do? You know, right, right. You know, is it? Is it a case of uh, are you just paying lip service to these ideas or are you actually committed to making sure that, so you is know, your public persona they, the, the, the same as the private yeah, means? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a little bit on the long side. It's like about two hours and 20 minutes. I think it could have been cut down somewhat. Um, it's called kind of a comedy drama. Is it a comedy or is it yeah, a drama? It's a satire. It's okay. a satire. You know? Okay. Um, 
The thing that I find kind of interesting is a lot of the humor arises very organically. It's not like you're getting a joke set up. You're, you're getting a particular situation that initially seems kind of strange, but then the further it plays out, the more humorous it becomes. And you're just you're laughing at these things like, how absurd is this? So it, it's a movie that kind of grows on you a little bit as you're watching it. So that's one thing to bear in mind that I like those you'll get a lot movies, of though. I do too. I think I mean you'll you'll get a lot of big laughs out of it, but you won't be necessarily because you're getting a joke and set up and joke and set up. It's sort yeah. of like you know this uh, this uh, situational humor that just kind of takes on a life of its own, and just you can't help but laugh at it because it gets more absurd the further it goes. Wow. Well, okay, so you we just reviewed Lady Bird, Last Flag Flying, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and The Square. We are coming to the very end of our show, Brent, and I want to thank you, as usual, for coming on at the end of each month and giving us these wonderful reviews of movies that we should oh, all pleasure. go off and, and see. And I just want to, again, thank Abhijit Ganguly um, for coming on the show today, teaching us about transverse myelitis, showing up... Uh, in the world is such a positive influence and for his magazine upwards which comes out tomorrow so look for it on facebook or on online and um you should be able to find it there and i want to thank you karina for being my producer today and i want to let everybody else know that my book i bared my chest came out today yay and you'll be able to very soon thank you get an audio <laughs> version an ebook version and a hard copy but not today <laughs> Thank you so much, and we will uh, we'll be seeing you again very soon, next week, of course. And we are going to not see you after December, I think, the 9th. So you can go back into the archives and listen to some really great stuff. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Bye.